Witch Police Radio. Welcome to episode number 91. This week we're talking to Dave Hilliard of uh, New York's The Slackers. Yeah, they're coming to Winnipeg pretty soon, so yeah, check them out. Or check them out on September 19th at the West End Cultural Center Yeah, uh, in Winnipeg if you're, if you're here. If not, you should check them out wherever they're playing in your town. Our randomly generated theme word for the episode is vinyl. It's a pretty good one considering the uh, type of show this is. Yeah, and we'll see if our picks fit the theme or not. They maybe do, but you can uh, check out our show um, on witchpolice.com. There's an archive of all the past episodes that are available for free download and streaming. There's also links to our social media on there. Uh, we've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we're on the radio every Monday night as well here in Winnipeg on 101.5 UMFM. We're on at 11 p.m. Yeah, and we're kick the show off with a uh, new track from the Slackers' latest EP. Check it out.
Welcome to Witch Police Radio, episode number 91. Uh, this is um, another episode where we have a call-in guest uh, from out of town, uh, out of country. And uh, this yep. week we have... Well, who are you? I'm regular host Sam. Hey Sam, I'm John. We've met before. Yes, we have every week. Um, this week we have uh, another call-in guest uh, from out of town. This is uh, Dave Hilliard from the Slackers, uh, who are going to be playing in Winnipeg, um, coming up very soon on the 19th of September at the West End Cultural Center. So uh, thanks a lot for calling in, Dave. We're happy to talk to you. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good, we're doing great, yeah. Um, and uh, for people who haven't heard the show before, the way it works is we have a randomly generated theme word, and the theme word kind of dictates the flow of the episode. So this week, uh, the theme is vinyl, so we'll be selecting songs throughout the show that relate to that theme. Somehow or another. Yeah, however we can make the connection. So, um, yeah, because our guest is, uh, is going to be playing a show here in Winnipeg, uh, coming up very shortly after you hear this episode... Um, I guess we should uh, find out a little, about, a little bit about the tour that, that they're going to be doing in Canada and things like that. So is this the, only the second time that you've been to Winnipeg, this upcoming show? Yes, it will have been the second time. Uh, the last time we were there was 12 years ago, I think. Yeah, I actually, um, I was at that show. It was great. <laughs> um, and I was actually working for the uh, the college paper at the time, and I interviewed you, actually, about that show. I mean... Uh, Oh, I remember. I remember it vividly. Yeah, I, I, I figured you would. I figured you know it's uh, it's only been twelve years. You know, well, you say that, but I mean, Winnipeg can be a memorable experience if you come at the right or the wrong time, in the sense of like uh, the inclement weather. Yeah, that's true. I don't remember what time of year it was. You guys came last time. Uh, but, uh, I think it was fall or something. It wasn't so bad, or um, okay, but it was. It was uh, the only thing I remember is that the the venue. There was kind of like a cheap hotel over it. Yes, that's and our, dress, yeah. our, our dressing room was uh, upstairs in the hotel. Oh the wow, venue. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> that's the that's the Osborne Village Inn you guys played last time. Yeah, Aussies. I um, I actually had my wedding social there, and uh, they offered us a room for the night if we wanted to stay there. Like I don't know if you have socials. Uh, I, I think it's pretty much a Manitoba thing, but it's like a fundraiser. Uh, people do for weddings and they you know they, they get bands play or DJs or whatever and they get all their friends to come in and uh, buy drinks and that helps to pay for the wedding but I had mine at Aussie's at the venue and they offered us a room in the hotel if we wanted to stay there overnight and it was like horrific politely yeah. decline yeah, <laughs> yeah nothing it, was, like... it was gruesome so I, I'm sorry you guys had to deal with that I bet that would have been just shitty but um, this this time you're playing at the West End Cultural Center which is a, a great venue it's one of the best in the city I think so um, it'll, oh, be cool. a, it'll be a step up definitely and oh, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, are, are you guys doing much of a Canadian tour or is it just a couple shows? Um, we're doing a whole Western Canada tour. Um, a couple of years ago, this uh, promoter, Jessica, was bringing us to Winnipeg this time. A couple of years ago, she brought us to Alberta, we, another place we hadn't been in like 10 years. So she's slowly been uh, reintroducing us around to different Western Canada's uh, cities and venues. So we're going to be playing um, Winnipeg. Uh, Regina, Saskatoon, all those sort of places for a week and a half. That's awesome. So I will, I'm glad, glad to have you. I mean, especially since it's been such a long time since uh, since you've last been here. Um, I guess, you know, you guys have been around for, for quite a long time now. Uh, how does, I mean, I'm sure you've toured, you know, quite extensively over, all over the world. Uh, how do you decide where you're going to go? Is it... Um, I mean, is it based on places you haven't been in a while? You you revisit them, or is there like a regular circuit you do for for touring, or how is that sort of figured out? How is it decided? <laughs> well, this I mean, this one you know, Jessica was like, oh, you got to go back to Winnipeg. You got to go back to Winnipeg. So you can, um, it's basically the promoter Jessica at Dare to Listen who's uh, responsible for bringing us back to Winnipeg. Okay. But uh, 
it's it, you know it's a combination we have our regular spots and then like actually today i asked on our facebook page where we should be playing i ask like once a year i ask on our uh, facebook page and i get a big long list of names and oh, cool. sometimes they work sometimes they work out you know we ended up playing uh Albuquerque because we got so many requests and it actually ended up being a really good gig this year. Hmm, cool. You know, some we you know most of the time we play the the east and the west coast of the U.S. In Canada, we play Vancouver once a year. We yeah. play, uh, you know, play uh, Toronto. We play Montreal. You know, those sort of areas. And then uh, we do a little bit of the Midwest of the U.S. Uh, sometimes do Florida, Texas. You know, do a lot of European touring. You know, we do like 120 gigs a year, but a lot of times it's some of the, you know, like you may have noticed um, that Winnipeg isn't near a lot of places. That's yes, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you you've looked around outside the city recently. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so, so it's it sometimes it helps if your city's on the way to another city that we can make a big circle or a big loop. Um, the problem with uh, with Winnipeg for tour routing is that you always you either have to keep going, you know, you go up from Minneapolis or something, yeah. and it's and that's what eight hours away or something. So it's it's not it's not close. Yeah, I think that's a pretty common thing people expect. And even bands from here trying to tour, like it's uh yeah, it, we're we're pretty isolated. But you know, glad you're glad you're coming back. Um, and uh, like I think last time, yeah, I mean, often these those places are the best. You know, it depends. It really depends. I, I yeah, my experience with Canadian cities in the canadian midwest that the bands tend to be very uh well rehearsed uh like the local bands yeah i mean they have a lot of time and they take music pretty seriously and there's always a lot of pretty good you know record stores and clothing shops and stuff and yeah, yeah. or i guess like some the, lo the local culture seems to be uh pretty strong yeah <laughs> or like the cities that take the are the hardest to get to Maybe may show yeah. the most appreciation or something. Yeah, the fans are more into it because yeah. because Thank you so much. yeah, finally you've come here. Yeah, you made it. Uh, I think part of the cultural thing too in a city like Winnipeg is because you know we're in a deep freeze for half the year, so there's not really a lot else to do other than play music or create art and things like that. So there's definitely uh, for a very isolated town, there's a lot of uh, pretty exciting stuff going on. So mm -hmm. um, we're gonna get to maybe uh, get into a song here, just to uh, get the the ball rolling. The, vi the vinyl thing, yeah. And the vinyl thing. Um, you Sam, to... you're, you're reaching for a record. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to play something uh, by Patsy Cline. Um, as has been established on the show before, I'm a pretty big Patsy Cline fan, and uh, I will take any opportunity to play her on, on, on the air. So um, I'm going to go with a song that's called uh, She's Got You, and there's a, uh, a verse in the song um, about... Basically, the song is about Patsy Cline. Uh, guy leaves her, ends up with another girl, and she's kind of talking about all the mementos she has of him at their place. She has, she still has their record collection, mm -hmm. and like, right. you know, while she's happy to have the record collection, it's not worth anything because the other girl has the guy. So uh, mm. yeah, so it, it, it's I mean, a, some people, some people would beg to differ. I think from that, some people might prefer the record collection. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that, that's kind of why I chose it to go with the vinyl theme. So um, you know, uh, Pesci Clown's always great. Um, so let's check it out. your picture that you gave to me and it's signed with love just like it used to be the only thing different the only thing 
got your picture She's got you I've got the records That we used to share And they still sound the same As when you were here The only thing different The only thing new I've got the records She's got you I've got your memory Or has it got me I've got your class ring That proved you care And it still looks the same As when you gave me the dear The only thing different The only thing new I've got these little things She's got you it got me I really don't know but I know it won't let me be I've got your class ring that proved you care and it still looks the same as when you gave it dear the only thing These little things She's got you All right, that was uh, She's Got You by Patsy Cline from uh, January 1962. So it's a bit nice of an oldie. Song. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great song. Um, Apparently, this was actually like her first number one hit in the UK, which is kind of cool. Like it was the song that broke her overseas. Hmm. So, and it's been covered huh. by by every. I mean, Dean Martin covered it. Obviously, he changed it to "He's Got You," switched the the gender. But uh, Roseanne Cash did it. Um, Jimmy Buffett, Cap Power, Elvis Costello, like tons of people. It's, it's you know, it's one of those. Uh, I mean, a lot of her songs I think have been covered millions of times. But yeah, I this is the first thing that came to mind when I thought of records. So I was uh, works out pretty well. I think nice one. Yeah, speaking of records, I um. I was reading something. I was looking up some stuff about the Slackers uh, today, and I know I noticed some reference to a uh, a double LP of Wasted Days. Is that right? That's right. What's... Yeah, we re-released Wasted Days as a double LP. How do I get it? <laughs> uh, you come to the show. All right. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to come, to, I... the sh- come to the show. What's yeah. uh, what's different? Because I, I I I never I never actually was able to get the. I know it came out on vinyl. Uh, a single yeah, LP version with different different versions of the songs, right? Yeah, basically the CD. This at the time, I guess it came out in uh, two thousand one. Yeah. The CD was one set of tunes, and the vinyl was an almost completely different set of tunes and mixes. 
Yeah, yeah, I remember hearing about that and thinking, oh, why didn't I buy it at the sh at the last show? Because so I bought something that's, else. But... That's one reason why um, we were able to do a double vinyl to com to have all the complete all the tunes. It's like twenty something tunes, you know, so it's too yeah. much for a single vinyl. And some of the alternate dub mixes and stuff um, are all included. Yeah. So was there? So the, it was. It was cool. It was. It was. It was a great opportunity for us to. We always wanted to put out the, all the rest of this stuff on vinyl. So yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of the classic wasted days tunes never got on vinyl. Have never been on vinyl before until now. Right. Was there a reason for doing the album, doing that now? Like it's not an anniversary or anything. I mean, if it... um, it was on the list of you know things that we could do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we were, we were trying to go. Okay, what's the next batch of things? You know, it's about two years ago. What are the next batch of things we need to do? Okay, well, we really need to get. Wasted Days, the out on vinyl, was one of the unfinished business, so we've never, yeah, you know, like the first, the original vinyl has been out of print for, you know, 10, 11 years now. Yeah, I know, I've tried to find well, it. <laughs> and, and you guys, you guys are touring a lot, like, is there, um, is there a kind of a pressure to have something new for fans every time you're hitting the road, or every year or something? Well, I mean, or you know, like a place, like, <laughs> I wouldn't say we have a huge amount of pressure, like, Coming up in Winnipeg because we haven't been there for twelve years, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. pretty much everything everything we're bringing is new. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, but uh, the but um because there's a risk of like you know there, I think yeah. I think you want to keep changing stuff up. I mean, basically, you know, with with our vinyl, it's not like tens of thousands of people want it. It's usually hundreds or thousands of people want it. So, yeah. So if by doing some small pressings and then sort of working our way through, you know, our back. Our back albums, as well as putting out new stuff. You know, we put out a new handmade 45 and a new EP. Um, so it was, it was, uh, it was trying to combine a bunch of things that we had talked about getting out. Yeah. That was like the summer of big tunes, which we did last year. It was a fundraiser to that to get all that out. A lyrics book, um, uh, the EP uh, 45, and the Wasted Days double vinyl. Oh, that so was the was crowdfunding a, thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it was combining a whole bunch of different things together as opposed to trying to do them separately, you cool. know? Cool. Um, I was also, you know, in my little... I like to read up uh, whoever we have. I mean, I know I've been listening to your music for a long time, but, you know, I figured I would uh, go on the internet and see what else I could find out. Uh, I read something... That's all lies. It's all lies. Well, I wanted to ask you about this one that I actually found. It looks like it was yesterday. It was in the <laughs> papers from New York about some dude uh, jumping off a boat. Um, that is... What, that what, is, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's basically we do this this cruise around the um, the island of Manhattan. Okay. We do that every year, uh, Slacker's boat cruise. We've been doing it for fourteen years. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty big boat too, you know. So it's it's six hundred capacity person capacity boat. So there's six hundred people on the boat. So it's the size of like you know a, a decent sized venue. Um, and uh, basically, some guy who was drunk set off the fire extinguishers. <laughs> and he was surprised that security didn't appreciate this. Mm -hmm. And he was basically given an option of like, hey, give us your cell phone or your ID, and we'll sort out something at the end of the show, or you can, the police will be waiting for you. Yeah, because you're still on the boat. There's nowhere to go. Well, well. well, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, at least he thought so. Yeah. In his, 
it is drunken state. So he refused to give him any ID. So like, okay, we're just going to have the cops deal with you because it, it, it's actually if you take the fire extinguisher off and it's a fine and it's you know you're Perhaps, not. Yeah. But it, and and it, the, the biggest joke of it too is it's not like the security was um, restraining him. They were basically leaving him to his own devices until the boat was supposed to come in. Yeah. But the guy thought he was going to be clever and escape. <laughs> so he jumped off the boat. How far out was the boat? Uh, we're in a river. You know, it's the okay. Hudson River. It's a large river, but we weren't. There was a yacht nearby, so I guess he made for the yacht. <laughs> jumped off and made for the yacht and thought he was going to get away with it. And, of course, you know, someone saw a splash and called the you know new york police department and their police boats came by and you know we didn't know what was going on actually until after we were done with the encore oh yeah they told us some guy jumped and i was actually horrified because i thought oh shit you know is it you know do we have anything you know what the hell it's our show you know i yeah. felt terrible mm-hmm. but it, then i found out the story there was some drunken guy you know that was just trying to get out of paying a hundred dollar fine i was really unimpressed <laughs> yeah and he didn't get it very far either so he made it the good thing is he made it he was young and he was in shape i was gonna you say because yeah, a, a drunk person jumping off a boat that can definitely that go can wrong go yeah, very yeah. Bad. It, it, at, at night it's dark yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the river's dark i mean he's lucky it was this time of year so it's not that cold you know yeah it's it, you so you can be in the water for 30 or 45 minutes and not die you know right. yeah from hypothermia or something. So, and he was lucky we were in the Hudson River and not the East River because the East River has horrible currents that will just suck you down. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't care what a good swimmer you are. You yeah. you have to be, like, amazing to survive in the East River. Hudson yeah. River, you, you have a chance of swimming, like he did. And so he made it, you know. I just, I'm just sort of dumbfounded by the whole thing. It was real, you know. They're really, really, really amazing. And, and the Rocks Off guys, they've done hundreds of these cruise concerts, and no one's ever jumped off the boat until now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, and I mean, you said- I mean the, it's, it's really bad, though, because it's like, you know, the, that one guy, if he, it would have been, of course, it would have been our fault if he had right. drowned, right? Right, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott Van kills Patron, yeah. I'm sure he wouldn't have thought of it. He wasn't thinking about that, you know? Yeah. It's like uh, years ago, there was some some kid got hurt um, stage diving in uh, Boston. It was like 15, 16 years ago, but I still remember because that was the end of all ages shows in Boston. Oh, really? Yeah, there's, they haven't had all ages shows in Boston because of the insurance, you know? So it's like when people do stupid stuff like that, just think about what you're doing yeah. because you could end <laughs> yeah. a very cool thing. Those boot, those, those, those boat cruises are very fun, you know? Yeah, one dumb kid ruins it for everybody for sure, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly. now I know at least if I, if I ever go to New York, I know which river to swim in. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, I, I did a discussion with my son about it because I was talking to him about it today, and I was like, son, just never swim in the water around New York. Just, just don't do <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. It's not worth it. And you, and you guys have lots of other places in the world to swim. Oh, for much sure. cleaner and better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys have a couple. You do a few of these cruises, do you not? Like outside of the one that is based around. We do the event? we do the New York one. We do one in Boston. Um, so we do two um, a year. But it's interesting because, like, for having been doing that one for so long, like that's kind of a thing now for a lot of bands who 
Well, yeah, they, a lot of people. Tra- a lot of people travel to it. It's probably like yeah, like fifty, maybe like you know fifty people or so. So it's probably about ten percent of the people. Oh, that's cool. Are are from further away. You but, know, all yeah. over the place. Maybe it's not as recent, you know, as current as I imagine. But like, there seem to be a lot more cruises with bands like like Weezer or like bands that have been around for a little while doing these cruise know. shows. They're, they're stealing our style. I was yeah, yeah, say, you, guys, this, yeah, you guys seem to yeah. have been doing it for quite a, yeah. quite a bit longer, yeah. Yeah, they're stealing, they're stealing our style, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the guy thought was going to happen. They're going to put him in the brig or something. <laughs> <laughs> Does the cruise even have a brig? It must have. <laughs> yeah, no, of course not. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a ferry boat. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. What, what are we going to put him like, in a dinghy, in a light bulb dinghy, handcuff him to the dinghy and drag him behind? <laughs> Make him yeah. walk the plank, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, so it's it's really ridiculous. I mean, it's, yeah. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a story, though, at least, and you guys got some press out of it, I guess. I don't know if it's good. Yeah, I don't know if it's good yeah. or bad press, yeah. you know. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't buy that there's no such thing as uh, bad press. Hmm. Yeah, I guess drunk guy falls off boat is not necessarily going to help people buy your records, but uh, no, exactly. Yeah. I, I haven't seen a spike in our record sales yet. <laughs> you need a few more, then you're then you got it. Yeah, a few more boat jumping. Yeah, exactly. yeah. All right, so yeah, we're with uh, with Dave Hilliard from the Slackers, and uh, the theme for uh, this week's episode was vinyl yeah. on Witch Police Radio. So um, I'm going to throw to a song that sure. I started flipping through my iPod like moments before we started. Of course you did. I've been uh, slacking off myself. And um, I'm going to play a song that may or may not be about vinyl or records. It sounds like it might be. <laughs> um, this is by Ed Schrader's Music Beat, who is current day, but I don't know how I came across this. I think I heard a song by them. Or the, well, it's Ed Schrader is a guy. But he plays with like another guy as Ed Trader's music beat. Okay. And okay, uh, two, two guys. Might be a couple guys. It, it, the other guy's music beat, and um, <laughs> one guy's Ed Trader, the other guy's music beat. That's guys. correct. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I'm gonna play the song. My mind is broken by the sound. It sounds like it might be about just uh, you know some late night record listening. What kind of stuff is this? What kind of music? Um, post punk. Okay. Maybe might be a way to put it. Um, it's fairly minimal sounding a lot of the time um like i think at first the other guy used to just play like a, a floor tom or actually i think it started as ed trader with a floor tom and maybe like a synth okay um but he's got a little bit more going on for some of his more recent stuff cool so this is the only album i have and uh let's check it out cool my mind is broken by the sound but it gets me around my mind is broken by the sound but it gets me around
Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. so some yeah. weird 80s stuff by Ed Schrader's Music Beat. And, um, yeah, I don't know much about this Ed Schrader fellow. I was just reading a couple, like, interviews with him and whatnot. Uh, he's current day touring around and stuff, uh, but he doesn't appear to have, like, a website. <laughs> or, mm. or you know, he's got, is, he's got... This is contemporary? Like, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. he's got a band camp and, uh, like, some Facebook stuff. Oh, and, cool. and a Twitter, but I don't really... I don't know how Twitter works, so... Yeah, you should learn that, John. It's uh, <laughs> kind of important. But anyway, yeah. that's some neat stuff. I I only have this one album, but he's got I think a couple a couple more. One called um, well, I had it in front of me a moment ago. Um, yeah, a couple other ones. I I should probably get around to checking them out. How did you? You don't remember how you got into this? Is it something you heard once? No, I think I might have read his name or something. Yeah, it just came up. Oh, yeah. One of those things you look up and. Yeah, one of his albums is Jazz Mind. Another one is um, Jail something. Cool. <laughs> All right, very lots very informative today on Witch Blues Radio. Yeah, <laughs> that's full awesome. Of yeah, facts. Um, okay, well, back to our guest, um, Dave. Uh, I wanted to. Uh, I was. I see that you have a, a recent, recently released um, album of your own. Could you tell us something about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I put out a bunch of different stuff recently. Are you talking about California? Yeah, California. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the only the only album, I mean. I've uh, that's the I mean I have all the Slackers records I've been able to find of course but uh, I mean I have Playtime uh, you know the Rock mm-hmm. 37 album but I've never seen any of your other stuff in stores no, here please. at least so no. uh, it was very exciting to see oh hey he's got another uh, record and so can you tell us a bit yeah, about I got, California I got a, like a, yeah I got a bunch of them um, yeah this is uh, California was a album uh, it's a it's just a collection of stories you know okay. it's, a, it's it's designed to sound as a complete album and there's stories about from when I lived in California 20 years ago just different uh, different people I knew and uh, places and yeah so it's, it's, it's a very uh, autobiographical cool and it's not I imagine it's not just instrumentals then if it's got uh, I mean no it, but, the, but the, the thing behind California is different is Rock City Seven is really a jazz band. Yeah, you know? yeah. We, we play a mix of jazz, uh, ska, and reggae, um, with nothing really, you know, neither one predominating over the other. You know, yeah, it's yeah. equally jazz as it is reggae and stuff. But um, with California, um, I can't really sing very well. Um, well, in fact, I, I, I sing horribly. I'll just come <laughs> out and say that I'm a horrible singer. <laughs> but you know, so this was a chance for me to write. Uh, songs and have other people uh, like Greg Lee from Hepcat and Jesse Wagner from the Agolites and cool. uh, Sean Wheeler and a bunch of other people sing the songs that, that were in my head that I couldn't uh, express myself. So they they sung the songs for me. Okay, that's that's cool. Um, as far as as far as jazz goes, like with the uh, Rock Thirty Seven and everything, what kind of uh, I guess what kind of background do you have? As a sax player, I mean, I feel like listening to the Slackers, uh, one of the kind of throughout the, the, your entire catalog, like your sound is very, very distinct and very, very kind of uh, one of the two or three things that jumps out right away listening to the band. Like what kind of background do you have? Um, what kind of things, I guess, ins- inspired you in the first place to get into 
uh, playing and then playing the kind of style that you, you do now? Uh, let's see. <laughs> Big question. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's a bit of a three-point question. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I'm self-taught okay. for the most part. Uh, I took some music lessons when I was a real little kid, um, and then I started playing saxophone when I was around 13. Took a couple lessons then, and then... Uh, but for the most part, I, uh, besides private lessons and a year in high school band, I uh, just you know worked, worked on stuff myself. Yeah. Was it a case uh, I of a, like... I, I don't have a huge amount of music education. You know, a lot of listening to records... Uh, hanging out with older musicians and asking them questions and trying to pick up on what they're doing and listening, you know, watching their performances and learning from them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and uh, a lot of listening to other people play and uh, just trying to figure out, you know, I, I, I guess I'm lucky in the sense that the way I played is from the beginning is kind of the way I play now. It's just I have a certain sound. You Definitely, yeah. yeah. And then the rest of it's just technical stuff. You know, so I've been trying to get better on the technical side, but the sound just comes out whether I want it. You know, it took me a while to get used to that idea that I wasn't going to sound like everybody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted, I wanted to be John Coltrane or I wanted to be Sonny Rollins or Dexter Gordon, you know, or something. Yeah. But but uh, it just wasn't going to happen. Some people are better mimics, you know, and I'm not a very good mimic. Hmm. So all I could do is me. So that's what I got. <laughs> So are those are those the kind of guys that you were kind of uh, listening to or influenced by? Well, I mean, my main influences were Rowan Alfonso and oh, yeah, of um, course, yeah. Tommy McCook from the Scatolites. Yeah. Those guys got me going. Um, the first guy who made me want to play saxophone was uh, Saxa from the Beat. From the Beat, for sure, yeah. Um, yeah. So he's still a big influence in how I play. Uh, and then I got into jazz from the Jamaican guys. I got into Lester Young. Yeah. Coleman Hawkins. I listen to a lot of different, you know, saxophone players, all kinds of stuff. And then uh, I, I steal a lot of stuff from vocalists, too. It's my jealousy of not being able to sing. I, I learned vocal melodies on the saxophone. That's mm. cool. Um, yeah, and then, you know, trumpet players and keyboard players and just all kinds of stuff. Sometimes you try to sound like a violin or you just hear something and you, and you try to figure out how, how can I do it on the saxophone. Cool. So how does that, uh, I mean, how do you work it? Uh, like, I was in a ska band maybe 15 years ago now, maybe more, and we had, like, a five-piece brass section, which was ridiculous and over, like, way too many people. You guys have two. Um, how does yeah. how, how does that interplay work between the two of you? Like, I mean, it, you know, sax and trombone, and you both well, contribute a very me, specific thing. We've been playing together for a long time now, and we always had an easy, like, we, we blended pretty well yeah. just from the top. Uh and uh, we figured out ways to voice it so that two horns sounds like a big horn section, you know? Right. We figured out ways to make it sound sound big. And it's cool, you know, the, the, it's amazing what you can do with just two horns, you know? You're just they're trying different harmonies, different spreads, and uh, different ways of playing. And we both play pretty loud and, and strong, so it, that, that we, take, we can fill up a lot of space just by ourselves, you know? For sure, yeah. Yeah, I think that um, like, like I was saying, you know, your 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 sax sound, that trombone sound, and then the the, the organ and the vocals are really the kind of. Uh, I mean, I I feel you can kind of pick out a slacker song if you hear like a couple seconds of any one of those elements. I mean, especially the vocals, right? I mean, you know, Vic's voice is very distinct. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, um, I don't even know what I'm going to ask. Actually, I was <laughs> I had something in mind, but it's gone. But let's get uh, back on the vinyl theme here. And um, you had a song picked out that you wanted to play. Yeah, the, uh, I've been obsessing with this song. Uh, a friend of mine got me into Arthur Berchai. I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing it right. It's a Brazilian uh, songwriter okay. who put out a couple albums in the 70s. Uh, and I guess it's been sampled and, you know, he's a cult figure. But I had no idea who he was up until a couple months ago. Okay. And uh, I got really obs- obsessed with the song. It's a lot more pop than what I usually listen to, but I've been uh, digging it. What's the song? Uh, the song is No Boca Do Sol. ridiculous horn section. For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so what, what do you even call it, that style? Do you know what that style of music is even called? I mean, I've heard a lot of Brazilian stuff, but it's not like that. I don't know what that even would be classified yeah, as. I don't, I don't know exactly. I mean, I've gotten a lot into um, 
Brazilian music from the late 60s and 70s and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It just, I don't know what you would call what, what that qualifies as, to be honest. I have no idea. I just like the way it sounds. Yeah, it was cool. It was very like, kind of... Yeah, because Tropicalia had like a resurgence. That's it did like have a resurgence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brazilian. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if it follows as Tropicalia doesn't, or not. I don't know. It doesn't sound like it. No, it's a little more subdued, I think. But what like, was going on in Brazil? Like, I, I kind of... I'm curious. Well, I've never it, looked into it's, it. It's a dictatorship period. Okay. <laughs> That's why the music is so they're like, make cool music? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it, was, happen, yeah. it was, it could in some ways, yeah, because it was, they were underground and a lot of the lyrics had double meanings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, you know, the, the, the lyrics at the time, they had to be really uh, clever about how they wrote them. Oh, interesting. Know? I always wonder about that when I hear, um, Music in a language that I don't understand. Yeah, for if sure. it's better, you know, it can, especially like a, a language that sounds cool. I think, I think cool. this one. I think this one is a love song, but I could be wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, a lot of the time, it's better not knowing the actual uh, translation yeah, yeah. of the lyrics. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no. Like a lot of Latin, it can become really, really cheesy or something. I just really like. I mean, I just really hear the melody. You know, if right. I understand Portuguese, I hear the words more. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you can listen. You can you have the option of listening to it in a different way because you don't know what they're saying. So if you, if the words are are right in your face, yeah, you can have a different inter- take on a song. So mm-hmm. that was cool though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely good to hear something totally new to us. I mean, for sure. Um, but uh, you know, coming back to to your band and you're coming here to Winnipeg uh, very soon. Um, last time you were here was about twelve years ago. Um, mm-hmm. How, how many lineup changes have you had since then? I know you've had like a pretty strong core of people who have been in the band for a long time, but you have had a few over the years, kind of a uh, little bit. Well, of we actually ha- we actually haven't had a lineup change since right after. We haven't had a lineup change in eleven years. Oh wow, that's pretty yeah. good. That's pretty good. I mean, for, for you know, for... so there was like right around right after we were in Winnipeg, there was a period in the early two thousands where we had. We had a couple, like basically between like 2000 and 2004, we had a a bunch of different um, lineup issues. Like we had we had to change our drummer, yeah, and we had to change a guitar player, and we lost one of our singers. Basically, it's like the band got a little smaller but tighter at the same time. Yeah. So how does that? uh... You know, man, this this thing you tour so much, and some people just aren't really made out to do it you know some yeah. of us are lifers and enjoy being on the road and deal with it and other people you know they it, it can be tough sometimes it's like you you have great days where you're king of the world <laughs> you know you play a great show everyone's great the food's great yeah, yeah. the scenery's great your hotel room's great but you know there's so many things that go wrong in the course of the thing your flight's delayed your you don't get paid for some reason that and then you know, you can go from playing a huge festival one day to playing, you know, in a small club for 20 people, or it's cold and rainy, and you're sitting there wondering if anybody's going to show up, you know? Yeah, or you're Winnipeg, or... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but you just got to be, you know, I just try to be philosophical about it and try to, sure. to focus my happiness when I'm on stage and just get into the music and enjoy what I'm doing, you know? Some of our best shows have been to 15 people on shows that should have been, you know, they looked like they were on the edge of completely going to hell, you Yeah. Know? Those have been some of the best shows we've ever done. Yeah, it's cool if you so can still get into it, yeah. Yeah, but that's you got to get into it, man. Yeah. you got to get into that's it. What you, that's what, that's what you do. That's, that's what you're doing it for, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know, if if, if it wasn't what I was doing, you know, I could just stay home. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> pick, yeah, it up, pick, it, pick it up when I felt like it, and then I'd be... But the thing is, then I'd be really doing something else. 
That's interesting because we've actually had on this show a lot of uh, well, not a lot. We've had a few. We've had a few like kind of uh, Canadian bands, uh, not not ska bands, just Canadian rock bands that were that were big um, in you know late eighties, early nineties kind of period, and then they they're either coming back now or they're still around and they're doing something that that we've talked to them about. And it's kind of interesting to talk to them about kind of what uh, what's happening now after thirty years or twenty five years or whatever it is. And uh, most a lot of them are just kind of you know, doing shows when they're able to, or when they all get together, they're playing the hits uh, only, you know, they're doing things like that. But I mean, you guys have been around for, how long is it now, 25 years, something like that? And, and I mean, you... you um, have... Yeah, not that long yet, 23. Well, it's, I mean, that's still a pretty long time. And, and you seem Look, to... man, those two years mean a lot, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Who knows where you'll be in yeah, two years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, you no, see... But you gotta, you gotta look at it like that, because you don't know where you're gonna be in two years. Sure, so yeah, it's yeah. Like, when you're when you're here, you gotta make your mark. Yeah. yeah. What I was gonna say though is, I mean, you guys seem to still put out uh, like actually relevant records. I mean, you, I, I feel like you probably could get away with if you wanted to playing, you know, just songs from maybe three or four records, you know, uh, that were kind of uh, crowd favorites or whatever, and just stick to the. Yeah. No. There's there, there's definitely a, 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 you know, that's always a tension, you know, because yeah. we, we always you always feel like, hey, you want to play some new stuff, you want to play. A variety of stuff. I mean, the problem with us, we got so many albums. It's like, yeah, you know, satisfying everybody. You know, mm-hmm. it's like some people want to hear what they, what the one or two albums they have. Some yeah. people have a lot of the albums. You know, it really can vary what people want to hear. Yeah, but yeah, we could probably could play like the same twenty or thirty songs, and people wouldn't care that much. For sure, yes. So, so what's which is a little depressing. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I'll just go hang myself right now. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'm like, glad glad we could be of assistance. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, like, what? Uh, <laughs> I mean, is there a point where you that that almost becomes like? I mean, you release a lot of albums too. It's not like you're just doing one every ten, every five or six years or something. I mean, you guys are regularly putting out new material. Um, how does that? How has that changed since since you started or since the earlier earlier days of the band? I mean, is there more kind of is is this writing different now that you've been together for so long? I mean, in terms of uh, actually putting the song together, things like that, or is it just kind of? Is putting out new material kind of an essential part of the slacker still existing? I mean, that's does that drive the band I forward? Think, I think it's I think it's something that we enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, it, it, I don't know. I mean, I always enjoy it myself. You know, I'll just speak for myself in that. I, sure. I always, I really, really enjoy working on new material. It's one of the reasons I keep doing music is to learn new tunes. You know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Always trying to find new stuff. Um, I mean, I know you gotta, you gotta, you know. Not everything's gonna come out great, so you gotta be willing to take the risk sometimes. And I also understand too. Yeah, I mean, I know when I've seen bands, you know, it's like, do you, you, it's always a balance. You know, I get really excited too when I see bands and they do the deep cut, but sure, yeah, I have, I have to be really into them to know it was the deep cut. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so, you know, one but it, so it's, no, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's 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 always a balance. There's there's a bunch of the songs I played so many times. You know, you can play them upside to backwards a million times. Yeah. But you know, you just get happy. It makes you feel good that you travel around places and people know some of the, you know, so that you left a little something that people really enjoy. It makes people happy. Sure. Uh, I was gonna. The other thing that comes up kind of a lot on the show is that uh, you know because things have changed so much in the music business with people not necessarily buying physical albums or, you know, strictly doing the MP3 digital thing. Um, 
how how has that I guess affected um, you guys as a band? Do you still does it affect? I mean, I know a lot of bands that are touring rely on a lot of merch sales, things like that. I mean, has that changed anything the way that technology is going? Well, for us, for better or for worse, we weren't particularly successful. <laughs> right, 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 right. So we've never we've always been a cult band, you know. Yeah, and well, that's good because you play intimate venues, I guess, right? And you get more of a more. Oh, well, it's good for I guess it's good. I mean, it'd be nice if we made enough money that I can <laughs> have a little retirement age. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, he's not. I'm not immortal, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's like I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get sick at some point. Yeah. But uh, it'd be nice to have a little money set aside for that day. But uh, you know, it's uh. How to put it? Uh, it? It's um, we weren't getting rich in the old system, right? So okay, <laughs> and basically the joke of it is, is what we do, which is go down the road, you know, selling some T-shirts, selling some records, selling some CDs, uh, and hanging out, you know, with the crowd at the end of the show. Is yeah. the new business model that all the bands who are coming up now are told, oh, hey, there's this great new way you can make money now that you can't sell records. <laughs> right, and you guys have been doing that for, for 23 years. Yeah, it's uh, basically all we've been doing. So, so you know, occasionally, the nice thing about having, you know, back in the day, having Epitaph is they would give us a budget yeah. um, to record with, which was nice. That was nice. Well, that's the other thing but, I wanted to ask but now about. You can, now you can do fundraisers, and it, it it achieves the same thing. That's what people don't understand. Like, why are you doing the fundraiser? Why can't you just put out the album? Well, yeah. you, you know, it costs money to put the thing out. You need that, you know, thousands of dollars if you really want to do it right. Mm -hmm. You can do really cheap stuff. You know, it's it's a bit more time consuming, but you can just also record stuff for free, mix it for free, put it up for free, but then there's nothing tactile for people, you know? Sure, yeah. It, it's a funny age that we live in right now is that there's not really a dominant medium, you know, between um, all the different ways you can hear music. People are listening to music more and more. I mean, I, you know, everybody, man, on the train has, has their earplugs in, right? Definitely, yeah. yeah. Their, their headphones, they're all listening to something, right? You know, whether it's, you know, a lot of it's music. I'm sure some people listen to TV and movies too, but it, everybody's listening to something and there's all this music going on. They're listening yeah. to tons of music. Probably more than they ever have, you know, because it's so easy to do. But in terms, you know, there's people who still like CDs. You know, there's people who want it on vinyl because they think that's cool. And it's, you know, it's, it impresses people and say, oh, yes, I collect vinyl. Yeah. You know, that's always impressive, I think. But um, that was my t poor attempt at sarcasm and humor. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, there's, there's vinyl, yeah. and then there's, but there's there's you know there's the vinyl people, there's the CD people, there was the download people, then there's the streaming people. Yeah, you know, it, it, so it's like everybody, you know, it's so easy to get music nowadays. You can just call up. Like we're talking about, like with Arthur Vera Chai, man. You yeah, know, I yeah, can, yeah. I can go, not I exactly can top forty. <laughs> yeah, exact. Not exactly top forty. He wasn't. It, it wasn't a successful album in. Um, when it came out, you know? Yeah. But you can dig and it up because of the internet, yeah, yeah. Instantly. Yeah. Which blows my mind, man. You know, and it's like to find out about stuff back in the day, it was slower. Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. A, yeah. You'd have to read a magazine, go to the record store, you know, dig around, see if you can find the album if you can. Yeah, and your friends would give you a cassette. With, definitely. Oh, man, I got it. 
I got this, man. So, oh shit! Hey, you gotta you gotta take that for me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so so it, was, so it was so it was real. Um, it was a slower means and it's time consuming, yeah. you know. So, well, the other thing nowadays, nowadays you can find out about any kind of like old reggae, all the reggae shit that took me. Yeah, it's amazing. Years, years to collect, you can you can get it all. And, yeah. And, hours you know within that couple hours yeah i remember in the like the the mid 90s having all these uh kind of reggae encyclopedia sort of books it was like the rough guide and there's all these other books you know and i would Mm -hmm. write down lists of of singles i would try to find and i had you know i was in winnipeg there was no internet that i knew of how to use properly and there's no way i would find any of this stuff like if i found one album by one of these artists it was like you know it was like christmas but uh yeah now i can find everything It's, it's phenomenal it's almost it's almost too much it's almost overkill like there's, there's, yeah, but I think I think the younger people they have a more blasé attitude about everything. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, as a result, because it just it's at your fingertips. So why wouldn't you? Know, why what's what's the big deal? I can call up all the music anytime I want. Yeah, I have it all on my phone or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, speaking of music, we should probably get back to a, to another song to keep things moving here. Um, the other thing that came up, you know, like I like we heard earlier, Patsy Cline was the first thing I thought of, um, and the second thing I thought of to go with the vinyl theme was something that is explicitly about vinyl. It's uh, no spin- boy. Sorry. Okay, I'm waiting. It's got to be novelty tune. It's gonna be a novelty. No, it's not tune. actually. It's actually not a novelty tune. We, we, I think every listener should know this song. Probably. probably. It's uh, it's called "Spin the Black Circle" by well, Pearl Jam. Our age. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> from from Pearl Jam's Vitology album, which was a big deal when it came out because it actually came out on vinyl in addition to mm. tape and CD, and that was, like, around the time when vinyl had kind of had a huge drop-off and mm. had been mostly yeah. overtaken, except for in, you know, kind of underground punk scenes and metal scenes and stuff. They were still putting out 7 inches, but, like, in the mainstream, vinyl had been kind of, you know, on its deathbed. And then Pearl Jam released Vitalogy on vinyl, and it has the song that's very, very, like... It's like a love song to records, really. So, uh, I've always liked it. it and was, it rocks, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, like, faster and more punky and stuff than most of the stuff they did, so... It's a, yeah, it's a cool song. So let's check out uh, "Spin the Box Circle."
Alright, so that was Spin the Black Circle by Pearl Jam from Vitology. First time Pearl Jam's been played on the show. No, no, I've played Pearl Jam before. Really? I played Blood on the Blood episode. <laughs> we had a Blood no, game that the theme was. Right. Yeah, that was, that was a while ago. That was like uh, early last year. But uh, yeah, it's weird that this is considered classic rock now. Like you turn on one of the classic rock stations and hear Pearl Jam. And well, and yeah, a lot of their songs, I think it, w- it has been discussed on... Um, Versus a lot of them are very classic. Yeah, well, in ten especially, yeah, a lot of them have a very yeah. much like a classic and rock ten. kind of sound. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's weird though, like time wise, you know, that doesn't seem like that long ago. That probably yeah, it's was. Yeah, but it's been it's been it's been twenty years now. It has, yeah. I don't yeah. know what the cutoff is for classic rock, like when when they decide. Uh... Well, it just it just keeps moving up, I guess, right? I guess, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would we I think it's keep the same classic rock to me. I think like Led Zeppelin or something. Yeah, definitely, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess I guess Pearl Jam is already. They've already passed the... Yeah, and I haven't heard of... I think I heard, like, the self-titled Pearl Jam album, which is quite a while ago the now. Avocado already. on the cover? Maybe, yeah. And they might have a couple out since then. They have a bunch out since then. Yeah. Which I haven't heard, but I ha- I did hear um, Eddie Vedder came out with a, a solo album on ukulele. That's right. Uh, oh, like, man. <laughs> I was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think I was living overseas, and I think I, I recall kind of liking it. Like, it wasn't... Yeah. No, it wasn't too bad. Oh, hi, where were you? Were you in Amsterdam or something? I was in Korea. I was in Korea. There wasn't uh, drugs. There was rice wine. I don't know <laughs> that that contributed. Yeah. That but, probably contributed. Uh, I, something tells me you were heavy into the rice wine. <laughs> you were over there, so... Yeah. yeah. Have you heard it? I've heard it, actually. It's not bad. It's, yeah. it's weird. It's a novelty, though. It's for sure. Like, uh, you know, it's not... I don't think... I mean, I didn't listen to it on, like, it wasn't on heavy rotation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I probably heard it and thought, oh, well, that's not horrible. Right. But that's it, that's yeah. a ringing endorsement right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure, people are gonna <laughs> go run out. And I'm buy not horrible out of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's like uh, you know, I, I guess that band is so huge now that they can pretty much do whatever they want, including ukulele albums. But like uh, right. that sort of style that they did, like on this song we just heard, it's kind of uh, I guess it's dated now. Um, and you know, I guess people. You know, with you with your band, I mean, there's the the '90s is kind of seen as the last big peak of of sky and the mainstream kind of consciousness. Has that mm. affected you guys at all, or do you still have sort of the same kind of uh, crowds, like you know, consistently throughout? Uh, we're more popular now than we were in the '90s. Oh, awesome, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> what happened then? Just hard work paying off, or what? Um, I guess we have this. We outlasted everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of that, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but also, also to just uh, throwing around and people, yeah, you just, it starts, um, you know, hopefully people seem, people like what we do, you know, and it pays off in the sense of, it's not, you know, we, we play, we, you know, there's some venues we played for years, some places we play new places, and, you know, it's always a change. We do a lot of shows, man. You yeah, know, well, yeah, it sounds like, like a, yeah. 100-something shows a year, so you're going to have a fair amount of variety in it, you know? For sure, yeah. And I guess you guys have a, you know, I mean, uh, there were a lot of bands at the time in the 90s that were just kind of the standard, like, you know, shitty punk with horns sort of thing. I mean, you guys always had a lot more different elements uh, going on. You had the soul influence and the, the pretty heavy reggae influence and uh, on top of that. So I guess that, you, you, I mean, along with other things, too, like the Boogaloo thing happening at one point. And like, so I guess there's just, like, uh, that's probably helped you uh, outlast a lot of those bands, I guess, because you weren't so... It's having more depth. Having yeah. more depth, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, what, what, do, what do you call the style that you guys play? Is it, I mean, I, I don't. I wouldn't say you're just a ska band. You're often kind of 
people put that label on you when they, they they hear your music. But how do you define what the Slackers do? You know, I don't mind if people call us a ska band. Yeah. Um, you know that that's fine if you want to describe it as ska. And basically, what we do it's a mixture of ska, reggae, soul, and rock and roll. That's what we do. With little you know side paths into other stuff, but uh, you know I think the Jamaican stuff is around the core, but we don't sing it with uh, Jamaican accents because we're not from Jamaica. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is a good. I mean, I'm glad you don't do that. Yeah. So it's America. It's basically Americanized Jamaican music. Yeah. <laughs> but Jamaican music, Jamaican music is a lot of it is Jamaicanized American music. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's lots of yeah, it comes back around. Chicken, yeah. Lots of chicken and the egg stuff there. Give and take. Yeah. Well, one one thing I like about uh, I find with bands that I like uh, that that I end up liking for long periods, they often have basically what you said. Like, I mean, they take a certain style of music and put their own kind of unique local Hello? sort of stamp on it. And yeah. uh, I feel like I've never been to New York, but when I hear you guys, that's kind of what I associate that sound with that area. Probably just because I've listened to you for a long time, and and you're one you're a band from there. But I mean, do you feel that you have like a localized sort of sound, or 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 what? Well, it's definitely a part of it. Is, is that, um, we were lucky that um, New York in the 90s had a a nice fertilized, you know, a, a nice musical scene. There was like a cohort of like 20, um, 30 musicians, you know, that we were playing together. We were slackers and stubborn all-stars and yeah. Skinner Box. And there was a bunch of those uh, Virgin City stuff and so that, uh, you know, we all these guys were influencing each other, and so I think that was a there was a co- a bunch of bands that were coming up around the same time in New York that were doing, yeah. So it's a definitely a local, a localized sound um, that came out of that experience. Um, but yeah, all those other bands went away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys are still there, yeah, for sure. For we're sure. still there doing the thing, yeah. But yeah. um. It's uh, yeah. It, but then the funny thing too, though, is I think it, it, there's one one sense. Yeah, it's this local experience. But then, after so many years of touring, is also in our our uh, our influence too. You know, we're always outsiders looking in. Right. Well, yeah, you guys must have seen so many other bands on the same bills as you over the years. Like it must be an insane amount of bands you play with. Yeah, but also just that we're that we're not. You know, we're usually away from home. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I only play a couple, you know, I, I play, we play like three or four soccer skates at home and then we play maybe, uh, you know, three or, you know, and then I play about, you know, there's 10 or 15 small gigs at home, but right. the vast majority of gigs I play at home are, uh, yeah, I mean, vast majority of gigs I play are on tour. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And lots of them too, obviously. Yeah. Yes. All right, so uh, Dave Hilliard of the, the Slackers, do you have another song you'd like to throw to, whether it, you have it on vinyl or it somehow relates to vinyl or not? Hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, let me look. I, you know, I got actually my record collection is just right over here. Awesome. So let me see what I can dig up here. I think. Uh, I've been listening to uh, a lot of Jimmy Reed. You guys like Jimmy Reed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, let's see. What's, what's, 
trying to find there's like uh you got me running you got me hiding I'm trying to remember the I think that the song is "You Got Me Running, You Got Me Hiding." Maybe we can figure it out. We can, yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> let, let, let's let's uh, figure out the song and we'll listen to it right now. Cool. Thanks. some jimmy reed with baby what you want me to do yeah it was great yeah it was awesome i uh i have i think one of his records but mm. there's, there's a whole kind of like huge list of blues artists that i've always kind of wanted to get deeper into i mean it seems like whenever there's a like an old an older blues guy from you know the 50s and earlier i always kind of like have one or two albums that are usually kind of greatest hits collections or whatever right. and it, mm. I, it's just maybe I haven't spent the time to track down the albums or anything, but I've always wanted to. You know, I always like one, especially with harmonica. I'm really into it. Like, I love harmonica, so mm-hmm. it's always cool to hear to hear that. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Are you like pretty heavy into Jimmy Reed or? Uh, I last couple of years I've been listening to more Jimmy Reed. I have three Jimmy Reed albums, so I'm coming around. Yeah, he's Jimmy <laughs> Reed and Charles Brown and yeah, like. You know, when Jimmy Reed described it, because I hear so much of what the British Invasion guys were stealing from him. You know, oh, yeah, for sure. It's not it, like guys like Howling Wolf or Muddy Waters, you know, their voices, I think, were harder uh, for a guy like Mick Jagger to copy. Yeah. But but uh, 
you know, with, with Jimmy Reed, you could really hear, oh, I could do that. <laughs> you, sure, yeah. you know, you the, the the light bulb going off over Mick Jagger's head, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think he was pretty directly like they like they were pretty open that they were he was one of their big influences too, right? The Stones. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I mean, the, to to their credit, they never denied that these guys were massive influences. You know, that's the thing. You music, it, it's it's out there, and you take from what's out there and then hopefully you put something back you know it's... <laughs> for sure yeah yeah or you, you put your own spin on it at least and yeah definitely definitely mm-hmm. so we've been uh, we've been talking with dave hilliard from the slackers uh who are coming to winnipeg on september 19th at the west end cultural center mm-hmm. and you know uh definitely encourage everyone to who's listening to check out that show uh they were great when i saw them 12 years ago and uh, <laughs> their albums have been pretty consistently great since then and before then so i mean like i, I highly recommend it for me anyway so uh, hopefully people will come out and uh check out the show um is there anything new in the works uh in slackers land like are you guys uh working on any, yeah any new uh, we've, we've been recording uh we did four songs uh produced by uh vicar, vicar axelrod okay who is uh, associated with like uh the dap kings he, yeah uh, knows tickler tickler yeah for sure so, yeah. so he's uh producing some stuff for us and then we're gonna do another recording session in october with uh, brian dixon from the used to be in the agrolates producing so oh, cool. yeah so we got a we got a, a bunch of new stuff in the works when Hopefully is that we'll have a, a new album out by next year nice that's awesome and um how can people uh, i mean you know obviously for when people in winnipeg the, the the show is coming up soon they can pick up your records and things at the show but uh they can come to the show yeah but hopefully we have listeners from outside the city. I mean, it's on the internet, so people could be listening from wherever. Uh, if someone wants to find out more about the Slackers, um, what do they do? Where do they go online? Uh, how do they get I in touch with I think the easiest spots are like uh, facebook.com slash the Slackers. Okay. Um, we also have the Slackers.com, and our Twitter is at the Slackers Band. Perfect. Cool. Yeah, well, definitely uh, people should, should look into that. And uh, if people want to hear our show, uh, this is the 91st episode we've done, and you can uh, stream and download all the past 90 episodes for free uh, anytime at witchpolice.com. Uh, we also air Monday nights at 11 p.m. Um, on 101.5 UMFM in Winnipeg or umfm.com if you want to listen to the stream. Yeah, we're on Twitter at witchpolicefm. Yeah. We're on Facebook, witchpoliceradio. Yeah, we're on uh, Instagram now recently at witchpoliceradio. We have uh, some clips from some of our episodes on SoundCloud. And you can also check out our show on the Stitcher app, which is just a convenient way to listen to podcasts on your mm-hmm. phone. Um, so John is going to select one last song to play us out. Uh, but, you know, I just want to say thank you to our guest for, for coming on the show. We're really happy to talk to you. Oh, yeah. you know, uh, my pleasure, man. And I'm looking forward to being in Winnipeg. It's going to be a fun week and a half, you know? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wait, a week and a half? Are you guys in Winnipeg for a week and a half or the whole tour? No, no, we're in <laughs> Winnipeg and then we're yeah, going to yeah. be out on <laughs> yeah. the whole, the whole, yeah, Winnipeg the whole would, journey. I mean, yeah, I just remember the last time, last time we drove from Winnipeg, I just remember the emptiness yeah. of the sky. Yeah. I so. actually, like, uh, I mean, that's what a lot of people say, actually, because it's, it's so flat and so open. That's one of the things mm-hmm. I like the most about here. Like, I think it's, uh, it's a turnoff for a lot of people, but for me, like, I don't want to be anywhere near a mountain or any kind of elevation. <laughs> I'm totally happy just flat. Open skies. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a psychological name for that, I'm sure. It's yeah. a condition, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I remember, it, it's called claustrophobia. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> we, we will see you in Winnipeg. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll continue listening to your records. Uh, I, I'm glad you guys are still around um, and still putting on great music. But, John, what do you have to play to end the show off here? Yeah, so I had a couple potential options for uh, closing out the show, but I thought I'd go with something a little. Uh, 
a little easier on the ears and uh, more of an outro-y song. Okay. Uh, this is something I just found online randomly. It's uh, The artist is Tom Tall. Okay. Not really familiar with Tom Tall at all, but the song is from uh, 1957. It's called Stack of Records. I got a stack of records here, a stack of records there. I got records scattered all over everywhere, but I'm looking for one that I can't find. The one where the guitar plays so fine, cause that's the only song that my baby likes to hear. I looked high and low, everywhere I know. I can't find the one that my baby loves, so oh, tell me, what am I gonna do? That's the only song that my baby likes to hear It goes I've been looking through the records an hour or two And I've about decided what I've got to do I'm gonna get me a guitar and learn to play I'll serenade my baby night and day Then I'll play the song that my baby likes to hear I'll go There, I got records scattered all over everywhere, but I'm looking for one that I can't find. The one where the guitar plays so fine, cause that's the only song that my baby likes to hear. It goes. 